Hello everyone, this is Dr. Dennis, the Wellness Doc, bringing you all things healthy for your mind, body, and soul. Welcome once again to my podcast entitled Comprehensive Health and Wellness. Wanted to share with you all that the next series of podcasts will be dedicated to stories of hope and inspiration via my autobiography. So this will be snippets of the actual chapters. And this one is entitled, Almost Dying While Completing Graduate School. So let's get right to it. Real positive, huh? Actually, there, there, is, there are several uh, positive and inspiring messages uh, throughout this process and time period. So graduate school was obviously a challenging time in my life due to stressors and stresses that I had never experienced before. Like most who attend college and university and the subject and degree is not really relevant here. It's just the, uh, the path that we all need to take to attain these degrees. And there are certain requirements. So, for me, I've always loved children and have had the opportunity of coaching several thousand in hockey and other sports. So, when I was told that we had to complete a pediatrics affiliation slash internship, I was not highly excited because my... My interpretation was that these children had various conditions and to see them, to visualize seeing an eight-year-old in a wheelchair for the rest of their life was very sad to me. Wow, I was completely mistaken. So during the first pediatrics, first of two pediatrics affiliations, the major percentage of the population included autism and then subdivisions of that with Asperger's syndrome, which I had no idea of what that term meant prior to uh, hearing about it and then having the opportunity of working with children that have had Asperger's syndrome. And that was challenging initially because I came in as Mr. Orthopedic Sports Medicine, you know, functional training and this was, it was like comparing a watermelon to an avocado. <laughs> There's no real similarities there. And I worked very hard to become proficient. And towards the end of it, where I had a few weeks to go, simultaneously I was finishing my thesis and we got to the fun part of the statistical analysis, which I was really struggling financially, like, like a large majority of students of various ages. So I did not own a computer and I literally needed to utilize the computers in the computer lab 
at school. So here we are on a Sunday morning. It's beautiful out. It's very brisk, but the temperature for the rest of the day was supposed to be in the 60s. And my girlfriend at the time lived at Point Pleasant Beach in New Jersey, which is absolutely beautiful. And she suggested that I take a drive down. And of course, me being the obsessive type personality, I refused and replied that I needed to complete this uh, statistical analysis today. She tried to reason with me, and my Turkish-Greek mindset and New York City attitude on top of that uh, kicked in and, of course, uh, wasn't going to happen. Well, folks, I should have listened because the day turned into a nightmare. The temperature in the morning was below freezing and it had snowed the day before. So, of course, snow with low temperature creates ice and I was able to navigate it as I was entering the building. Well, in the middle of the day, it went up 30 or 40 uh, 40 degrees and so, of course, it melted. And I was still in the building and on my way out at the end of the day when the sun went down... It replicated what was there in the morning. So, here we are. I'm leaving the building exhausted. My brain is fried. I'm sure you guys can relate to, you know, your brain sort of oozing and seeping out of your ears after um, filling it to beyond capacity. And as we all know in college, most of us... uh, did not eat properly because funds were tight and what was provided by the school actually the department included pizza and various types of junk food that is inexpensive yet damaging to our bodies also with that like most of us minimal sleep Uh, I calculated it I think my average was under three hours Um, per night. So that whole mixture together with the high stress and not exercising regularly created a ticking time bomb. So deconditioning and with that decreased uh, reflexes, which would affect balance and coordination. The reason why I'm bringing this up is... I literally slipped on black ice and it's extremely ironic because I was a professional ice hockey player when I was 22 and it's funny how I didn't have the balance but this is what I always share with people is when it comes to exercise and training and you know functional conditioning it's a cumulative effect so Unfortunately, what we did 20 years ago is not necessarily relevant to where we are now if we had not been consistent. And that's really the key there where frequency is one of the major determining factors when it comes to optimizing performance and injury prevention. So let me get back to that scenario. 
Uh, so I slipped on black ice and it literally was in slow motion. It, it appeared to be in slow motion, just like in the movies. And I could not regain my balance. So after my foot slipped forward several inches, it literally stopped because it ran out of, I guess, the pathway of ice. And I fell to the left and backwards. And as I was falling, I was in disbelief. And of course, about three inches from the ground, I heard like a gunshot pop uh, was the loudest sound I had ever heard um, resembling a gun. And my left foot was behind near my ear and my head. So I'm laying on my back with my right leg outstretched, um, almost like uh, when a baseball player slides into a base, but my body was flat on the ground. So, um, in my brain, oh, and by the way, the pain was so great that I couldn't even tell you the number because it, there was <laughs> there wasn't a number high enough. But I did start um, going into shock. Um, I felt my temperature go down drastically. Uh, I was getting numb in my hands and my feet. You know, my heart rate, my respiratory rate. Um, yeah, it was pretty scary. And there was not one single soul around. Not one car parked in the parking lot. And I started to freak out and said, what, you know, how, what am I going to do? And just to backtrack a little, um, I also completed my undergraduate at, um, the school. So I was there for about six years and I knew everybody. Um, you know, when you spend that much time in a place, anyone would be able to, to identify, um, you know, the rest of the students that attend there. So out of nowhere... Um, this short, tiny young lady came over to me and said, are you okay? And of course my answer was no. And she said, do you need help? And I said, yes, now. And I truly feel in the bottom of my heart and my gut and spiritually that she was an angel sent there and she was able to retrieve the, um, the uh, manager of security of the school that I had known personally. We actually worked out a few times together. Nice guy. And his eyes popped out of his head in disbelief. And he got me the appropriate help. And the next day I had an appointment with an orthopedic surgeon who I also knew because he was the attending surgeon at one of the hospitals where I had one of my other clinical affiliations. And we had gotten along great prior to that. He was very sports oriented. We spoke about some famous tennis players. I got to sit in on several surgeries. Awesome. Well, he had the same look on his face that the security manager did. And he started to proceed with the interpretation of what my diagnoses were. And in short, it was a 100% ruptured patella tendon with severe damage to the inner and outer parts of the quadriceps uh, and the lower part by the knee. So in short, he summarized and said, 
Unfortunately, tendons don't grow back when they are detached. So if you don't get the surgery, literally the tendon will die and you will never be able to get it reattached. Therefore, your most of your quadriceps uh, won't be working and then you'll have trouble walking. So I didn't need much more convincing than that. Um, I had surgery soon after and I followed all of the post-surgical directions and program. Well, my girlfriend at the time who lived at Point Pleasant Beach came up north to take care of me. And yeah, by the way, I was on crutches and this huge knee brace. And uh, I'm sure you guys have seen uh, forms of this throughout because knee surgeries have actually increased over the past five years. However, she cooked for me and I was a big boy at that time. You know, I gained about 70, 80 pounds in graduate school and, uh, you know, I ate a lot and it was like every few hours, the meals that she prepared, I was eating less and less. And it was to a point where it literally was like one to two ounces of chicken and I was stuffed and she knew something was wrong. With that, I had uh, sharp stabbing pain behind my knee along the um, hamstring, and the pain did not change with ice or heat or pain meds or anything, even positional changes. And she had a strong personality, and she said, hey, you need to call the office, the uh, surgeon's office, which I did. And the attending nurse said, after what I had just shared, Oh, don't worry about it. Everything's going to be fine. Well, it wasn't fine. It actually, all of what I described um, amplified to the 10th level. And my girlfriend at the time, again, said, you need to call tomorrow, which I did. I think it was a Monday. And um, I really request, requested strongly to see the doctor. And so when I got there, I was told that we need to now get uh, blood thinners and compression stockings, which is the usual protocol, which I should have had immediately after surgery, and I didn't. It was several days later. And something in the bottom of my pit said, you know, in my gut, I said, you know what? Ask him if you can get diagnostic testing via ultrasound. And it was literally right down the hole. It was 100 feet away. And I did. And... I knew that the result was not good because the tech who was performing the ultrasound, I saw the looks on her face, I felt her energy, she actually asked a few of her colleagues to come in, so I knew it was going to be a bad result. So when I walked back over, or hobbled back over to the uh, surgeon's office, you know, the initial visit was himself and me. And when I returned after the uh, diagnostic imaging, there was a whole team there. There were at least 10 doctors in one room, and I didn't know what to expect. And I was told that I had three completely occluded blood vessels in my leg, uh, three blood clots. And if I did not get to the hospital immediately, I could... Uh, have s severe complications, stroke, uh, blood vessel bursting in my brain, the list went on and on. So I drove myself to the hospital and this is where 
I, I could barely, I could barely drive for a few seconds without just absolutely breaking down and asking God why. How could this happen? You put the dream in my mind and in my heart and I followed it and I'm supposed to be protected. How could this happen? And the plethora of emotions that hit me at once was just incredibly powerful. Depression, anxiety, fear, anger, um, hurt, feeling betrayed, all of it at once and more. And anyway, after the um, entrance back into the hospital, I was put on blood thinners and was treated like I was 95 years old and feeble. And, you know, at 40 years old, uh, I was far from that. So anyway, the 12 days in the hospital felt like 12 years. It was beyond challenging. It was frustrating. Um, I, again, was treated like I was an invalid. And it was challenging to go to the bathroom with the crutches and the knee brace and the uh, IV attached to my arm in the pole. It was quite a feat in maneuvering and coordination. However, I was able to do it because the whole bedpan thing, like I said, I was a big boy. I was over 300 pounds. There's no way that was going to work. So, and if I dropped dead from going to the bathroom, then so be it. That was my attitude. So when I was discharged from the hospital, I knew it was going to be a a big path coming up and it was going to be a challenging path, but I knew I can do it. I contacted a colleague where... I had completed um, my sports medicine slash outpatient affiliation, the owner, Kevin, and I said, look, buddy, I need help. I have no insurance. I have nothing. Um, Can you help me? And he did. And we went to work. And it's funny how when you do things right in life, it comes back to you. When I had the opportunity of doing my affiliation there, um, you know, just made so many acquaintances with the patients and it was just really awesome. They called me uh, bear paws because of my big hands, but yet, um, obviously it can be gentle when I need to be to provide the right types of services. Well, in short, they were all shocked and said, well, why is Dennis getting results every day and we're not? And, um, <laughs> Poor Kevin. And, and he's an excellent, excellent business owner and clinician. And he said, look, Dennis was a pro athlete and he, we call him also cyborg because when he puts his mind to something, um, it's a done deal. So my reward for almost dying on March 8th in 2006 was that after six years at this college, I had straight A's and number one uh, in all of my classes. Well, that affiliation grade was an incomplete, which was equal to an F. 
and my punishment, but it really wasn't a punishment, but I'll title it, entitle it that now, um, was to do a second pediatrics affiliation. And I knew that it was important for me to get up and down from the floor with the little ones. Uh, I'm almost six feet tall, so um, I had to practice functional training, you know, working with the tiny one and also doing things on my knees and half kneeling. And anyway, I was able to do all that. And so the second, I'll call it the second round was with children with uh, cerebral palsy and Down syndrome mostly. Additionally, we had um, poor little ones. They had a severe brain uh, dysfunction, malfunction. So there were things, there were um, conditions that I hadn't even seen in all of our studies. Um, but it was special. And instead of me feeling sorry for them, I realized that they were much stronger than us adults, where a lot of them were, the, the functional levels where they were at, that was, for for the majority of them, that was going to be it for the rest of their lives, so a lot of them were in wheelchairs and other types of adaptive devices, and folks, I have to tell you that the level of joy, the smiles from their faces, the love in their hearts was so powerful and I was like okay God is present here right now sorry I'm getting emotional because you realize that we seem to never be happy with what we have as humans right? It's always more is better, bigger is better. And these children on the outside, when it comes to material things and even overall health, didn't have a whole lot, but they had a lot more than all of us therapists and teachers combined. And they had joy and love. And so I learned quite a bit there. And in trying to heal them, I got healed. So powerful. And I realized that the goals that we set as therapists not only included the physical ailments, dysfunction, um, but there was a huge focus on behavior and personality and one of the biggest things that I learned from this seeing incredible clinicians in action with this population was the ability to customize each session based on what was in front of them what the child was presenting at that second at that minute and then re-evaluating and then redeveloping the session for that time period because of the multiple ailments that were present with each child at varying levels that was necessary to give them what they needed and I'm sorry 
in regular treatments and interventions, it's not like that. So that was huge. And then to focus on the goals for the entire school year versus the usual short-term goals, long-term goals that, you know, are several weeks to several months, this was a different approach. And it was, I'm going to call it a neurological and neurogenic approach versus trying to strengthen individual muscles, which that's how we were taught, uh, especially for orthopedics and in sports medicine. So the light bulb went on and I went, okay, wow. Personality and behavior and the person first. Diagnoses second. Approach whole person comprehensive approach head to toe in short if someone has a knee issue it's never just a knee because everything is attached and when we experience pain it now trans transforms into a neurological condition because multiple systems are then affected. So as my knee was healing and my blood blood clots dissipating, I now had to conduct and develop several presentations to complete my degree. And I'm going to be very honest right here, folks. Prior to me almost dying and seeing God on March 8th, 2006 and by His grace I'm here I made a comeback and I came back better than ever and all of the students that I had tutored for free prior to that incidence had left me hanging while I was in my worst state. And you know what? I forgive all of them. But I came back with... I had a strong hunger prior to that. It was kicked up 10 levels. And I had the opportunity of meeting one of the top researchers who conducted... Uh, experiments with um, specifically children with cerebral palsy and electric stimulation and in relation to function and it was phenomenal where I built a rapport with him he actually showed up at the school and provided services for free for all of the students and the parents who wanted to participate he had no gain in this manner except to provide his expertise to enhance these children's lives that was another miracle and getting back to the rest of the program so I was treated like I was a leper which 
obviously didn't make any sense because I had helped at least 30 or 40 students increase their grade point average by 20 to 25 points on every single test. And it was thousands of hours that I provided and didn't ask to get paid either. I truly did it out of the kindness of my heart because for me, I've always been in a leadership position and and I feel that when you're in that position, you have to lead by example and you have to bring people up with you. You don't knock people down if you have more skill in something. You know, to me, a true team is each person has gifts and areas of expertise that the other person doesn't have. So we all fill in the gaps and together we bring each other up and that's what championship teams are made out of. That's what thriving businesses are made out of and so on. So the last presentation that I had to do, uh, we were supposed to wear a suit and tie and, you know, with my rebellious attitude and of course I can back things up with, um, excelling in school and that was no excuse but this is just how I'm built I chose to wear a cutoff muscle t-shirt and shorts and this was to come close to mimicking uh, Robin Williams when he was in the movie um, Patch Adams where when he graduated he wore the gown with his backside exposed Uh, I wasn't going to go that far but um, that was a shock to everyone and Towards the end of the presentation, of course, you open things up for questions, and I had a few uh, wise guys who tried to display their level of knowledge, and uh, in short, um, (laughs) if you poke the dragon, if you poke the tiger too many times, the tiger's going to bite back, and I did it with a smile on my face and in a professional respectful manner and it was so fulfilling and when I left the last day the last few minutes of the last class they all decided to celebrate with alcohol which I never drank never will and that's just the way it is when I said take care of everyone I was out of there and during this whole process I failed to mention that I was 30 days away from being homeless and I calculated it to the penny. So God was there for me, even though the state wasn't where I was temporarily disabled and I was a student and I really had uh, minimal income. I was at the poverty, poverty level. But I know things happen for a reason, and it was scary, I have to say. I mean, here I am living in this, you know, 20 foot by 20 foot room that I was renting, where the owner was drinking and smoking all the time, and when I destroyed my knee after paying, I think it was two years that I was there, I never missed a payment, he's like, when the hell are you getting out of here? And that... (laughs) that could have turned uh, ugly, but I was able to restrain myself again with God's grace and to stay focused. And 
I did get a job as soon as I finished the program. And of course, with all of these uh, licensure type of degrees, uh, you know, there's a period where you have to wait before you can sit for the exam. So I was able to get a really good job. Uh, Again, God answered my prayers and I was not homeless. I was able to move out um, and, and start the rest of my life knowing that I had achieved the goal. And I want to say that when we think we're alone, it's a lie. And I'm talking about every single person. God is always with us. He is holding us by our right hand. And there is not one power in this world, not one person, not one event that can separate him from us and us from him. We are connected. And this is what I've been realizing, especially during this COVID situation. Uh, I've definitely experienced uh, severe levels of isolation. And on top of that, uh, I've shared that I have PTSD and I have had it probably since I was around 10 years old and just found out about five years ago. And I do manage this holistically. And I've spoke about this in a few other videos and podcasts. But I'm here to share with you all that when you're feeling that way, and I know there are a lot of pastors that say open up the Bible. And and I guess my, my recommendation is find out passages that you relate to. Because the whole, no one's going to relate to the entire Bible. So even if it's a line or two. So one of the things I've learned, folks, and, and this is to for everyone out there, and especially uh, the seven to eight out of ten people who suffer with anxiety and depression. Pull out that Bible first thing in the morning, and that's what I do, folks. I, I learned this. Uh, I was in a Bible study in San Diego with a men's group. And uh, again, it's been about four or five years now. So as much as I'm a racehorse and I want to run out of the house, I have been forcing myself to read the passages that I've chosen that I can relate to slowly and out loud. And I'm telling you folks, when pastors uh, share that it is the living word, you can read the same passage a hundred times and I can't explain it but it will affect you differently every single time. And with that, I want to add that there's two devotionals that also read. And again, find the ones that you can relate to. Um, I I have one that's uh, uh, Jesus always. And um, there's a second one with that. I'll I'll put that in the uh, description box below. But same type of deal where I read it out loud and slowly And that truly gets my mind ready for the day. And just his promise, God's promise to us, is that he's always with us. And I know, because I felt this way too, when you're going through the most horrible things that you can think of, you just have to remember that no matter what happens, first of all, he knows everything that's going to happen. And yeah, it's frustrating when when we say, well, we believe in him and he allows certain things to happen. And here's the other other part of that is 
in one of the verses, it says, be thankful in all circumstances. And you're like, what? How can that be? Well, this is the other part of that, is that he can take a really painful, vicious, disturbing occurrence and use it for your good. And that's what he does. So this whole process that I've shared with you today was painful. It was hurtful. The emotions, they were scars. But here's the cool thing is even from a physical, physiological level as humans, we know that the superficial layers of a scar can heal. But it's important for the deep layers and levels to heal. And what I'm saying is when we, when we call out to God and we ask for him to save us and heal us and help us, those deep scars get healed. And for me, the second part of the equation is finding the right counselor and admitting and assessing and the awareness that when you need help, it is not a weakness to ask for help. It is actually a strength. So for myself, I have located in the past five years, three or four excellent counselors who specialize in trauma and holistic interventions such as EMDR, the eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, which is highly effective. And one who has a Christian uh, base, a Christian component. Because for myself, I need both. I like hearing the word as we're developing techniques to address painful situations that for a lot of us are still in our heads. And unfortunately, folks, the, the more that we run away from those issues, they grow just like cancer. The cells multiply and they turn into change that block our brain, block our thought processes, and we need to get rid of them. And the only way to do it is through Jesus and following his word. And I will leave you with that today. I hope that you enjoyed this story from my autobiography. This is the truth. I'm being 100% authentic. And as always, my goal is to provide hope, inspiration, encouragement, support, and specialized knowledge so that you can optimize your level in your lives. God bless. Have an awesome couple of days. And I will be speaking with you all very soon.